Grace, mercy, and peace are yours this night from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And Peter actually tries to stop it because it's super uncomfortable for everyone. I mean, it still is. It's uncomfortable to try and avoid doing it because Jesus flat out says that we should. And it's actually even more uncomfortable if I get a bowl and actually try to do it to you. It might actually be the one thing that it has most in common with what tonight is actually about. You know that thing that Christianity can't seem to stop arguing about. Communion. Communion is super uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable if we try to avoid the plain and clear words of Scripture because they are right there. This is my body. This is my blood. Eat it and drink it. It's actually even more uncomfortable when we actually do what these words say. This actually is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ under the bread and wine instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and drink. Like, really? This is Jesus' blood. The same blood that flowed down from his hands and side upon the cross. That blood. This is not a symbol. This is not a metaphor. This is not imagery. This is blood, and it's for you. So drink it. Seriously. Like, we have to admit that's off-putting. When the funny-looking pastor in the funny-looking clothes holds it up and says, the peace of the Lord be with you, always. He's showing you where the peace comes from. It's not floating around in the air, and it's not in each other. The peace of the Lord be with you always. It's right here. I'm holding it up. It's in the bread that is the body of Jesus for you. These words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, show us that in this sacrament, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation are given us through these words. If you eat Jesus' body and you drink his blood, your sins will be forgiven and you will have life and salvation, not symbolically. That cardboard-tasting thing called bread and that bottom-shelf wine, they are the most precious gifts in all of creation. Eat them and drink them, and you will have every good thing that God has to give you. That is so hard to believe that the Holy Spirit literally has to do it for you. But whether you believe it or not, is still means is. When God speaks, stuff happens. Let there be light. And it was good. This is my body. Very good. That means God is actually here in church. The same God who demands holiness. So people have gotten hurt by communing wrong. God doesn't deal all that well with unclean. Anyone who does not believe this is unworthy and unprepared, for the words for you require all hearts to believe. So we only give it to people who will benefit from it. That's never a no. But sometimes it's a not yet. But still it leads people to recoil. This cannot possibly be the way that it works. This is ridiculous. This is mean. I have a better idea. Do we really even need this communion thing at all? You shall never wash my feet, Lord. So we make our excuses. 
Because the only way to fight about communion more than trying to get around what it says is to actually do it and watch everything explode. I actually get Peter's concerns. Sometimes the whole thing just feels like it's more of a burden than a gift. And we become Judas' guilt and John's jealousy and Peter's ego. The darkest things in us take over and we insist that we can fix it just by avoiding the problem. The communion was not given to be an excuse And our Lord did not institute this supper, this night, before he would go to the cross as a burden for the disciples. He did not give it to you as a burden for your faith. It's not something that we need to reason away or struggle to justify. It's actually supposed to be the answer, because Jesus gives it to you as a gift, a hope given for us to cling to even the very darkest of days for the very worst parts of us. When we make communion an excuse, a a rationale, we lose sight of that. And above all else, we miss the whole point. This meal is given for sinners, for me, for you, full of jealousy and guilt, shame and rage, full of sin. We don't get fixed by ignoring reality cramming into a room for a meal and just pretending everything's okay when it isn't. We are saved by the same God who washes feet because this is what he does. He owns our humiliation. He carries our shame and our guilt and our sin. And he serves us. He bears the cross for you. This is God. He is the hope and the life even for sinners. This God is the forgiveness that binds and heals. He washes Judas' guilt, John's jealousy, and Peter's ego. He joins them together in forgiveness. They are bound together in this. They are the body of Christ. It is not about who is greatest. It is about who eats and drinks. This is the love that the disciples are called to show to one another and to all of the world. Love each other by actually recognizing that your sins are forgiven in Jesus. Even if your heart still can't wrap itself all the way around the fact and still wants to be mad still call this person loved by jesus forgiven by jesus start simply there he bears our sin he bears our guilt he carries our sin to the cross and makes it gone and peter suddenly gets it lord don't just wash my feet get my hands too and my head he wants more and i rolled my eyes at him until self-quarantine We are so quick to take shots at Peter that we overlook the fact that tonight Jesus doesn't. Jesus has literally called him Satan before when Peter asked Jesus not to go to the cross. But when Peter just asks for more grace, the Lord doesn't rebuke him. He just reminds him of an identity, a promise. You're washed already. You're baptized. So no, you don't get more of what you want tonight. Peter wants more grace than what's needed, but why is that so bad? Like, why is it so bad to feel bummed out about not actually being able to be in church to take communion on the night that Jesus institutes it? Why is it not okay to be bummed out that you have to watch this through a screen when you would rather be here? Of course you are baptized. 
Of course you are washed already. You are still allowed, though, to feel like something's missing, even if you can be assured of your salvation in baptism alone. You are still allowed to want more, because faith in Jesus goes to Jesus, to actually believe that he is in the chalice, bearing promises like forgiveness, life, and salvation, and then to not get to drink it, that is a gut punch. It's still not a no. But even being told not yet is a struggle. We can call it what it is. It's a fast. It's a chance to reflect on what's missing. Fasting and bodily preparation certainly are fine outward training. It'll do one of two things to you. To those who see the supper as a law and so a burden, not having communion is probably a relief, or at very least a hurdle to somehow overcome by our own clever works. But to those who see it as a gift, who see it as the gospel, the time away from the supper only sharpens our hunger for it, because as it turns out, if you skip lunch, dinner always tastes good. Recognize that fasts and the Peter got more than his hands and his head washed. He ate and drank the body and blood of Jesus. And recognize that same promise is for you. The answer still isn't no. Just not yet. The fast will end. And when it does, you will eat and drink too. If you're ready, come Easter Sunday from noon to five. Recognize, regardless of whether or not you are ready though, he is present for you, not just generically everywhere, but here for you, to answer, to forgive, to save. You will get to commune again unless our Lord comes again first. And when you do it, it actually does something for you. That is the difference between the foot washing and the communion. Foot washing is just a symbol. It brings to light everything that is ugly, but communion actually forgives it. It is a meal that answers every bit of baggage that we drag in here, every argument, every pain, every burden, every guilt, every sin. It becomes the source of our identity, the bond of our church, a chance to see each other how God actually sees us. We can see each other receiving grace. I can kneel next to people that I have sinned against and that have sinned against me and know here our Lord calls us equal because here our Lord calls us both forgiven. We can see each other receiving grace. This is the call to wash each other's feet. It's not just about showing an outward humility that you don't actually probably believe. It's a call to see your neighbor as somebody that Jesus died for somebody who was fed, somebody who was made holy, somebody loved, and so somebody worth loving. This is why he serves you, not just by washing your feet, but by cleansing your soul and feeding you with his body and blood. You have a place with him. He is about to carve it out of wood from a cross and rock from an empty tomb. He is about to open the gates to heaven themselves with his blood. Today we wait, but even now we are washed. We have life, even now. Today we wait for the heavens to come, for the resurrection and the life everlasting to come. But tonight, tonight it is still ours so much that we can almost taste it. In the name of Jesus, amen.